0: Hello, welcome to the first episode of First Hit For Free. This is your host, The Brain Pimp. Well, I was sitting here wondering, what is it that the people of this town really need? Well, you know what I think they really need? I think they need perspective. The kind of perspective I'm talking about is it's right in front of you but you can't see it for what it really really is see I'm a Machiavellian and and that's what I like to focus on how things really really work I'm not a fundamentalist I'm a foundationalist what is the thing underneath the thing that's the issue and as it relates to this one Well, this time we're going to give you something that you probably can't get anywhere else because you don't know where to look. Me, I'm an old time radio freak. I'm 45 years old and I've been listening to old time radio since I was 12 years old. Old time radio. All the content from before 1962 that's not copywritten is in the public domain. There's thousands upon thousands of hours of radio when the only form of mass media was radio. Thousands upon thousands of hours of TV shows and old movies many of which are much, much more entertaining than what you're going to see on TV today. Just think, if anybody was just to put together that old content with a little 21st century razzle-dazzle, well, golly gee willikers, wonder what a wonderful world it would be. And that's what brings us here to this episode. And now, finally, we're going to go ahead and end this on a little uh, lighter note, if possible. This is a Five Minute Mysteries. I have plans and hopes to get battle rappers and DJs to remix the very, very overly long mor- organ music and go ahead and put some fresh lyrics on it that does the old whodunit clue game and and, and makes a little something out of it because, you know, I, I come from the battle rap concept of things and the problem is you need an opponent. Well. I'll box with old-time radio and see if I can convince you to go ahead and put in a few shekels. And so, we're going to go ahead and let you check out 5-Minute Mysteries and see if you can figure out who done it and how. It's only 5 minutes. And hey, who doesn't love a mystery?
1: Truth is stranger than fiction. And this is the proof. This is Ridley's Believe It or Not. Cornelius Denhartag of Oskaloosa, Iowa, smoked the same cigar twice in 50 years. He smoked half of it on his wedding day and saved the other half for his golden wedding anniversary 50 years later. Believe it or not. In a moment, I'll tell you about the world's richest heiress. You'd think a man with money would know something about arithmetic, but not the husband of Countess Elizabeth-Angelique de Vauteville of 17th century France. In his will, he left his wife one gold piece worth $5 for the first year of her widowhood. This amount was to be doubled each year as long as she remained unmarried. The Countess lived 69 years, and her legal claim amounted to about $737 quintillion dollars. Believe it or not. <laughs> Truth is stranger than fiction, and this is the proof. This is Ripley's Believe It or Not. In 1798, Sultan Selim III of Turkey, in the presence of British ambassador Sir Robert Ainsley, shot an arrow the incredible distance of 2,916 feet. Believe it or not. In a moment, I'll tell you the story of a remarkable woman. Lucy Page of Tamworth, New Hampshire, certainly exploded the theory that women are the weaker sex. In addition to doing all of her regular housework, she cared for two cows, made all the clothing for her family, spun 200 skeins of wool yarn and 45 skeins of linen yarn, wove 90 yards of carpeting, made 69 yards of flannel and 21 yards of toweling. And she did all of this at the age of 73. Believe it or not.
0: And the one and a two. And here we are again. Okay, well, most people know Lucille Ball is playing Lucille Ricardo on the show, a television show, I Love Lucy. Most people don't know that I Love Lucy was just the television version of her radio show with Richard Denning called My Favorite Husband. The TV show was much better if for no other reason the zaniness that she displays on the radio as Liz Cooper makes a lot more sense on television because at least she's trying to get into Hollywood and and be rich and famous. The zaniness doesn't make so much sense when she's, you know, just a banker's wife. It's sort of, you know, she's a little over the top. Um, But very much if you like Lucille Ball, definitely give my favorite husband a try. She she definitely does her thing. You'll definitely uh, if you like Lucy on the big screen she'll definitely uh, make you think about some things when you listen to her on the radio. But this is not a comedy. No, this is this is something else. Yeah. This is something on the darkest of dark sides where Lucille Ball plays one of the classic reality checks The female predator. The woman who decides that there's all those men out there with all those resources and golly gee willikers. All she's got to do is (laughs) what she's got to do. But you know how it goes. You live by the sword. Well, nonetheless, this isn't a story set in the days of swords. This is a story called A Little Piece of Rope.
2: In just a moment, Suspense with Lucille Ball. Hi, Harlow. Well, look who's here. Say, it's mighty nice of you to be sitting around all week just to hear me tell more about Autolite. Oh, I haven't been waiting around all week. Why, I was way up in Oregon. Oh, that's swell. That's swell. Hey, Hap, do you know the real story about Autolite stay-full batteries? Well, sure I know the real story about Autolite stay-full batteries. Needs water only three times a year in normal car use. What a battery. Stay-full, that is. Why, by Cornelius and Autolite stay-full battery has more liquid reserve then a centipede has legs, then an ocean has waves, then a rabbit has, well, rabbits. Water, whales spout it, geysers gush it, people drink it, but Autolite Stay Full batteries carry good old aquapura so long and so well, they take a drink about as often as you have a birthday, a wedding anniversary, and a New Year's celebration. Only three times a year in normal car use. And let me tell you something else. You'd better get an Autolite Stay Full battery before... Uh, Before you go on some more, Harlow, let's listen to suspense.
3: dealers and service stations bring you Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Lucille Ball in Anton Leder's production of A Little Piece of Rope. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
4: Never make good here in Hollywood. Everywhere I went, it was the same story. Sure, they'd see me, but the minute they took a look at my baby face, all I'd get was advice and excuses. No job. My last try was for a schoolgirl part. I was too baby-faced to even land that one. I was walking home, still wearing the school uniform that I'd bought to help me get the part when I got the idea. Then I remembered another thing. It was years ago reading an old copy of the Police Gazette in Grandpa's attic. Printed about 1880, I guess. With their falsely youthful faces, dressed as innocent schoolgirls, these vicious females haunt the vicinity of select young ladies' seminaries. And with their airs of artless girlhood, they entice and trap unwary gentlemen, some from the best of families, (laughs) It was funny then But now Well, those gals were suckers I take the exclusive gents for all they've got And give absolutely nothing That's how I made good in Hollywood Up to a thousand dollars a month good I just take a little walk (laughs) got uniforms for all the best schools, and I still have the baby face. So help me, lots of those kids look older than I do. When school's out, I let some old wolf pick me up. They always want to park up in the hills or some other lonely place. I drop my compact. He bends over to pick it up. I let him have it with a special little blackjack I carry. Then I leave, taking their wallets and any letters I find. You'd be surprised at some of the letters some of them do have. Makes a dandy bank balance now and then. Them? <laughs> Remember, I pick them old enough to have family, signified jobs. Would they want to admit to chasing Bobby Soxers? They never squawk. <laughs> My landlady thinks I'm the ideal tenant. She's no trouble at all, the poor little thing. Infantile, you know. Has to take long walks every day and rest the rest of the time. Never any fun or dates like other pretty girls. Well, lucky she can afford it, I say. Be a county ward otherwise. And so sweet and quiet, uncomplaining
5: poor little soul.
4: Yes, Mrs. Tilford is a swell character witness. Of course, I always wear a coat over those uniforms near home. And I keep them locked up just in case she snoops. Yes, yes, I've got a nice career in Hollywood. That is, I I did have till last month. You going out in this cold, Isabel? Oh, this is a good heavy coat. Well, don't you overdo now. These walks are just what the doctor ordered. Anyway, you sure look healthy enough. Oh, thank heaven for that. Anything I can pick up for you on the way back? Oh, no, thanks, dearie. I got everything done. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was dressed for Miss Cadwaller's school this time, and it was just letting out when I got there. I didn't have long to wait. You know, you get so you can tell by the way the cars move along the street if the guy's on the prowl. This one was driving a big black coupe, and he was a little younger than I liked, about 40, but he can't be too fussy. I stepped off the curb, pretending to look for a bus.
6: Waiting for the bus?
4: Why... Yes, I am. Which one? The Bel Air bus.
6: Oh, I say, that's a shame. Why? I just passed it back there. Broken axle. Oh. Uh, you know, I think I've seen you passing my house. What street do you live on? Cameron. Oh, sure. I'm just over on Bender. Hop in, I'll take you home.
4: Well, you're a neighbor. I guess it's... Gee, thanks, Mr.... Um...
6: Rice. Alex Rice. Insurance. How do you do Like school?
4: I hate it. School's no fun. I'd like... Oh, I... What? Oh, excitement, danger. (laughs) I suppose you think I'm pretty silly.
6: No. No, I think you're the kind of girl who'll get excitement and danger. Really? Yes, really. Look, it's so early yet. Like to take the long way through the hills. It's pretty there now.
4: Oh, yes, I'd love to. I think the hills are divine. Oh, isn't it just out of this world?
6: <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Oh. What's the initial on your bag for? The initial? Yeah. Irma. Oh. Um. Inez? Ingeborg? Oh
4: Ingeborg, you made that up. No, it's
6: Swedish. Uh Imogene?
4: and uh, no, Irene. Irene Taylor.
6: A pretty name for a pretty girl.
4: I'll bet.
6: <laughs> you have beautiful hair
4: and eyes.
6: And a beautiful throat.
4: Well, throat
6: Irene. You very extreme. Oh,
4: Mr. Rice, I dropped my compact. You don't need it. But it might get stepped on. You won't need it. But I want it no, now. No, I Oh,
6: I, I. You also here. I'll get it
4: Oh. Character, huh? Well, here. Roll back a little. There. I Well, what do you know? Rope. Now, why would a guy carry a piece of rope in his inside breast pocket? Hmm. Nice wallet. Well, goodbye, Mr. Rice, and thanks for everything. Back home, I showered and changed and settled down to see what was in this wallet worth keeping. Only about 50 bucks. What made it so thick was a lot of newspaper clippings. (laughs) no, it can't be. But it was. Those clippings were all about the strangler who'd murdered five girls in the last year, left them in the hills with a piece of rope around their necks and never a clue. And Alexander Rice carried his press notices. Alexander Rice carried a little piece of rope in his inside breast pocket, picked up girls, drove into the hills, Alexander Rice wasn't his name. No, his driver's license said Benjamin Carney. I had picked up and slugged the Strangler. My latest sucker was the most dangerous man in the country.
3: For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Miss Lucille Ball. In radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense.
2: Say there, neighbor, I didn't get going very well on those Autolite stay-full batteries. Now look here, Hollow Wilcox, I Never mind, I'm right back in there pitching. Gee, if I could only tell you about every one of those 400 Autolite automotive aviation and marine products. That takes real breath, lots of breath. And while I'm not as short on taking breath as an Autolite Stay-Full battery is on taking a drink, not buy a jug full, even I just haven't got enough breath for that. Well, if you just stop talking so I much... I can sure wind up and sound off on those Autolite Stay-Full batteries, though. Making camels look like topers is just the beginning with them. They've got oversized electrical capacity plus fiberglass insulation. You know what that means, my friend? Well, sure I know what that means. It, it means you should find out for yourself how long these batteries are bound to live. You'd have to hibernate like Rip Van Winkle. I guess you could at that if you had an Autolite Stay-Full battery in your car. I've got an Autolite. By the way, those Autolite engineers designed that Autolite Stay-Full battery is so darned ingenious by Cornelius that you could pay as little attention to your Autolite Stay-Full battery as Rip Van Winkle did to old father time. Go down to your Autolite dealer and get one right away. There's no better buy-in batteries, my boy... Because no better batteries be behind the byline of Barlow Billcox. Now look, Billcox, I mean Wilcox, oh, you got these in my bonnet now. If you'll only pipe down, we'll hear some more of suspense.
3: And now, Autolite brings back to a Hollywood soundstage Miss Lucille Ball as Isabel in a little piece of rope. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
4: just shivered over my narrow escape. Why, if I hadn't been out to get him, he'd have gotten me. I'd be number six in tomorrow's headlines. Then I suddenly realized I was the only one who could identify him. I can't be silent, let him go on killing. I've got to go to the police station and tell them. I started to go out when it occurred to me I couldn't. I didn't dare go to the police and take the chance of exposing my own racket. If that ever came out and it probably would. San Quentin, here I come. It seems they're a little stuffy about people who carry blackjacks and steal wallets and sell letters. So instead, I went for a walk, a real one this time, and just tried to think. Pretty soon another thought hit me. He knew I could identify him by now. Strangler was no fool. He'd have me figured out and know the kind of place and time to look for me, and he'd certainly be looking for me, to kill me, to shut my mouth forever. I had to find a way to...
2: City desk, Thompson.
4: I, I know who the Strangler is. Who's this? I can't tell you that.
2: Oh, I see. Well, what can you tell me? You know his name?
4: Benjamin Carney. Carney? C-A-R-N-E-Y. 1156-A, Boydell Street.
5: Yeah, description?
4: About 40. Five, nine, or ten. 160 pounds. Dark hair, eyes, skin, even features. Not ugly, not handsome. Drives a big black coupe. Lady, late model.
1: Got it. Any identifying marks? Mustache? No, nothing. And how do you know this guy's the Strangler?
4: I just know. Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you can trace the call? hundreds of phony clues, and he thought mine was another. But surely they'd check that name and address. All the way home, I had a creepy feeling he was around somewhere, following me, waiting. Evening paper barely mentioned my call, just listed it with several others. Radio wasn't very much better.
1: An unidentified woman phoned in a description of the killer as a 40-year-old brunette, medium height and weight, with no distinguishing features driving a new black coupe. Police checks revealed that such a man, with the name she gave, had moved from the address given several months before the first of the Strangler murders, but there is no further trace of him. Investigation continues, but it is believed this is another spite accusation. A Portland, Oregon woman reported the Strangler as the man who entered her hen house last night and...
4: No use phoning again. I didn't think a letter would help much either, but I tried. Being careful, it couldn't be traced to me and mailed it to a newspaper that night.
1: Hey,
3: Mike, Mike, you go to the courthouse? Take this to O'Shea, will you? Another strangler letter telling all. Why can't he just strangle letter writers? One more and I'll strangle somebody.
4: Another failure. The letter wasn't even printed. I was getting jumpy from being cooped up like a prisoner. What if he couldn't find me as long as I stayed home? I was losing money every day. I didn't pull my act. I could leave town, but... Why should I give up this good thing, my my perfect setup? I've been doing fine. In another year, I could quit the racket, make friends, invest my money, maybe even get married. But now this had happened. I'd never be safe. Not as long as we both lived. I finally faced it. I have to find him and kill him. This time I put an ad in the personals column. Would he see it? <laughs> well, I'd run it till he did. A.K. Rice can book your rope, rope act, act for mutual, mutual profit.
6: profit. Have immediate out-of-town engagement. Signed, Slugger. <laughs> rope act and <laughs> mutual profit. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I knew that would get him because it sounded like blackmail. And by pretending to fall for a shakedown, he'd hope to get close enough to kill me. Only it was going to be the other way around. And so our strange correspondence began. He answered right away.
6: Slugger, interested in authors. Send details,
4: box 047M298, Rice. I had him hooked. I didn't lose any time writing. Dear Mr. Rice, I have an invention which I think you'll want
6: for your, for your robot. It's expensive, but remember, it's completely silent <laughs> and yours exclusively if we agree on terms. Signed, Slugger. Hmm. <laughs> completely silent. <laughs> Delicious and expensive.
5: Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Slugger, give price, price and, and details, details
4: of, the... of contract, Rice. So close now, I couldn't afford the slightest mistake. Now or, dear Mr. Rice, five thousand cash buys complete...
6: complete assortment of paper and leather goods. Time and place of meeting must be my choice, but decide fast. I must leave town immediately. Signed, Slugger. P.S. You should never have left that snapshot in your wallet. It's awfully good of you. Snapshot? I thought I... Oh, oh no. no. I didn't burn it. Oh. So, the little lady's in a jam. Needs money to hide out. <laughs> and I can help her make her get away? Oh, oh I can indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Slugger, price okay, okay.
4: We'll, we'll close you at day. your convenience, Rice I've got him My plan was as foolproof as I could make it I packed a suitcase with the kind of clothes I'd hate to be found dead in and Maybe I would be And told Mrs. Milford I was taking a vacation with friends Oh, I'm so glad, dearie I said to Miss Knight yesterday That child should have country air City air just don't do the same for you Yes, I know it'll do me good and you stay longer, if they ask mm-hmm. you. Don't worry about me holding the apartment for you. Well, thanks a lot, Mrs. Tilford. It's certainly nice of you. I have to catch that train now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have a nice time now. I took those awful clothes to the bus depot, changed, washed, and let the soap dry on my face so it was white and shiny and ten years older. With my hair skinned back tight under an old beret, I... I saw a stranger in the mirror. Baby face was gone. Good. No one had noticed me, and looking like this, nobody would. Then I walked to another apartment I'd rented by phone last week. It was in a dingy neighborhood. I'm Miss Sproat. Oh, Miss Sproat. You can move right in. The people left yesterday. Yeah, this is the key. The first door at the head of the stairs. Fine, I'll I'll go right up. It ain't clean yet. Them stairs bother me so. I'd really rather do it myself, thank you. Well, I'll just leave you alone then. Now I was Miss Annie Sprote, librarian. And I looked as much like Isabel Towns' baby face as, as an alley cat looks like a Persian. I sat down to write the last letter. Dear Mr. Rice. Come to 609 Fitzgilbert Place at 10 10 p.m.
6: Friday. And don't try to come near me or I'll scream my head off. Tap five times, come in, and stand right by the door while we make sure neither of us is double-crossing the other. Have the money in an unsealed envelope. I want that traveling money, but I'd rather take a chance on the cops than on you, so follow instructions slugger. You fool. You baby-faced fool.
4: He'd have to make sure the layout was right before he'd dare attack me. And the more precautions I took, the more he'd believe I was on the level. Near the door where he'd stand, I I put a chest with a lamp on it. That was my booby trap, that lamp. The room was so dimly lit, he'd, he'd have to light my lamp to look at the wallet. And when he pulled the light chain, he'd shoot himself. I had a gun fixed where the bulb should be, and the chain pulled the trigger. It was set to get him in the chest. Heart, if I was lucky. Dead or not, I'd leave him there for the cops, with his wallet and clippings. Pretty cute, huh? And I'd skip out the back way with all that beautiful money, go to the depot, become Isabel Towns again, safe and free. I wore gloves all the time I was there, and the suitcase with Isabel Towns' identity in it was ready by the back door. The hours passed like centuries, and the old house creaked like a sick old man in a squeaky bed. Because it might be the house, or it might be someone on the stairs. And then it was ten o'clock. I was standing at the other end of the room, facing the door. The light was very dim. I heard the feet coming up the stairs, or. Or was it just the creaking of the old house? No. No.
6: Good evening, slugger. You see, I'm prompt slugger.
4: Stand where you are.
6: <sighs> Certainly.
4: Did you bring the money?
6: Yes, and this
4: envelope. Throw it down in the middle of the room, between us. Go ahead, throw it down. It'll stay there while you examine the leather goods.
6: You have the wallet.
4: Yes. Throw the money. I I can't reach it from here, you know. It's quite safe. All right.
6: There. The wallet. Where is it?
4: On that chest beside you, by the lamp.
6: Yes. Well, thanks, slugger.
4: Aren't, aren't you going to look to see that everything's there?
6: <laughs> Why should I? I trust you. So long, baby face. See you around.
5: <sighs>
4: He's gotten away, alive. He must have guessed I'd done something to the lamp. So he was still alive and still dangerous. But at least I had the money, the $5,000. I picked up the envelope and opened it. There was nothing in it but pieces of newspaper cut to the size of bills. <gasps> Why, well, you dirty cheat! I ran to the door and opened it. I looked out, but he wasn't in sight. Maybe I could catch him before he got out of the house. Oh, you won't get away with this. I stepped into the hall and... Before I could turn! I felt the rope around my neck. His hands were pulling it tight. Oh. Baby, uh, I told you.
6: I guess you'll be safe on the floor while we finish our business. Now, I'll take a look at that wallet, baby. You might have held out some of those clippings. I'll just turn on this light. <laughs>
3: Lucille Ball for a splendid performance. Miss Ball will return in just a moment.
2: Say, hey, uh, Half, you going back to Oregon? Well, how That's I... a nice trip if you can get it with an Autolite Stay-Full battery. You know, I'd advise you to get a sign for your thumb saying, any car with Autolite Stay-Full batteries can carry me. I forgot my canteen. But how long uh, was... Of course, you could buy an Autolite Stay-Full battery and simply insist that whoever picked you up use your battery, but you couldn't get back to Oregon that way. No, sirree. They'd never let you out of the car just so they could keep that wonderful Autolite stay-full battery. Let's see. After you got to Oregon, you could go to Washington, Montana, Minnesota, Maine, New York, and Florida. I've been trying to tell you I've got an Autolite stay-full battery. Oh, well, then, you know that Autolite means battery. Stay-full battery. Autolite means spark plug. Ignition-engineered spark plug. Autolite means ignition system. The lifeline of your
5: car.
3: now here again is Miss Lucille Ball.
4: It's always a great pleasure to appear on Suspense, especially when the part is so unusual and exciting.
2: That's right, Miss Ball. The part of Isabel tonight was very different from your regular radio role on My Favorite Husband.
4: <laughs> Plug. Why not? Why not? Something like, uh, listen to Lucille Ball as Liz Cougat on My Favorite Husband every Saturday night.
2: Over your favorite CBS station. All right.
4: <laughs> Wonderful. And I hope all of you will be listening next week when Suspense presents William Powell in a role that's also different from the parts he's been playing lately. He's playing a man who's just stolen a quarter of a million dollars and then finds out that... But you'll hear about it next Thursday when Suspense brings you Give Me Liberty, another gripping study in...
3: Suspense.
2: Lucille Ball may soon be seen in the Paramount production Sorrowful Jones. Barry Kroger was heard tonight in the part of The Strangler. Tonight's suspense play was written by Virginia Cross, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Bluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leder. In the coming weeks, suspense will present such stars as John Garfield, Margaret O'Brien, Sidney Greenstreet, Agnes Moorhead, Edmund O'Brien, and many others. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear William Powell in Give Me Liberty.
4: This is the Autolite Suspense Show. Here's your party, Miss Ball. We should all support our local community chest in their drives for fun. Money is badly needed for aid to the handicapped, child care, hospitals, clinics, and a host of other humanitarian services. Subscribe to your local community chest. Everybody benefits, everybody gives. Thank you.
2: This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: And now, finally, we're going to go ahead and end this on a little uh, lighter note, if possible. This is a five-minute mysteries. I have plans and hopes to get battle rappers and DJs to remix the very, very overly long mor- organ music and go ahead and put some fresh lyrics on it that does the old whodunit clue game and and, and makes a little something out of it because, you know, I, I come from the battle rap concept of things and the problem is you need an opponent. Well... I'll box with old-time radio and see if I convince you to go ahead and put in a few shekels. And so we're gonna go ahead and let you check out five minute mysteries and see if you can figure out who done it and how. It's only five minutes. And hey, who doesn't love a mystery? the first episode of First Hit for Free. As time goes on, we'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But if you're wondering, why is the show called First Hit for Free? Well, because that's what I was thinking about when I first came up with this. I said, what can I do? What can I say to give people just an idea that maybe, just maybe, the fact that I'm not telling you what I'm selling because I'm not selling anything except your ability to be consulted. That's all. I make no promises. I tell no lies. I'm too grown for that. And so I simply decide, you know what? I like old time radio. I'm stuck in the house. Things are all this and that. Let me go ahead and put this out there and see if there are some people who just haven't necessarily heard some of this fine quality entertainment. And at the same time, they need a mouthpiece. They need a PR man. They need some. They need a little Jiminy Cricket or depending on what you want to pay, a very large Jiminy Cricket standing over their shoulder every once in a while and just bouncing the ideas off of because the people around you, well, they're going to tell you what they're going to tell you. And the people who are already used to making money in the ways that everybody's trying to fight for, well, there it is. You want that first hit for free? Here it is. Years ago, as a child, I remember watching a TV show called Dukes of Hazard, And for those of you who are younger, the movie, Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> And... The thing about Dukes of Hazard was it taught me a principle that I'm finally learning how to embrace. It's the boss hog principle. You got your hammer? You got your chisel? Get out your block of stone and write this down. Boss hog showed me this. The best thing to be Is a huge fish in a tiny pond because by definition, most of what happens in that pond revolves around you, which means you'll eat better than anybody else. And ultimately, what else is a big fish looking for in this world? Now, I'm this little old fish trying to avoid being eaten by all of these predators and whatnot. And somewhere out there, I think there's some people who have got some ideas and they got some this and that. And they just need somebody on the other side of the phone who's just going to go. You know what? I sent that twenty dollars to your cash app. Now, look, uh, you got to tell me something, man, because a dream merchant, I got dreams, but you ain't talking about helping me fulfill them. So, man, what you talking about? I, I, it ain't rent a friend. No, it's not rent a friend. I'm a conversational hustler. If you don't have what you need, surely 5, 10, 2 million minutes worth of talking to me or anybody else, can't you? But if you're just missing that little bit of, uh, because guess what, folks, everybody out there is trying to make money the same kind of ways. And guess what? The problem is not enough people are creating new ways to make money. So that new money can flow in so that all that stuff we're trying to sell here and there to get going can get going. See, the fundamental problem in the December age in America is when the people at the top won't let the money go because they understand how the money's going to be spent. Then we're all at a loss of how to create wealth. And here's what I simply have come to learn the hard way over 45 years. The best thing to be is myself. My whole struggle in life is to figure out how to get paid for being myself. And I figure if I can figure out how to get paid for just being myself, you can get paid for just being yourself. Years ago, back in my native land of the great nation of Texas, I uh, saw a man with a crew and this and that and I looked at one of the crew members uh, on this lawnmower team and I thought about that man gets up and goes to work and pushes that lawnmower all day long and he works hard and he does a good job I'm sure I said to myself if that man can mow grass for somebody else surely he can mow grass for himself but even though I was young and snot nose you know similar about the chin strap I realized, well, he, he he has the skills, but maybe he doesn't have the rest of the story. He doesn't have the salesmanship. He doesn't have the bank account. He doesn't have the business licenses. He doesn't have enough equipment. He doesn't have the truck. He doesn't have the trailer. He doesn't have the uh, people's assurance that he, as a professional, is going to show up and keep doing what he's supposed to do. And I realized if a man like that had a back office, there was simply a hub of where he gets the stuff he needs to do the stuff that he needs to do then that organization, that business, that empire making machine that simply supplies the rest of the story or at least directs ways to get to the story that reduce the number of people between you and your next payday. However you wanna look at it, animal to animal. How do you do anything except benefit by reducing the number of people between you and your next meal? And that's the kind of conversation I sell as it relates to whatever your particular hustle is. Thank you for listening. This was the first hit. And guess what? It was free.